0: This is a warning from the future. Video games will
1: rot your brain and cause the apocalypse.
0: Hello and welcome to Not Episode 8.
1: It's Episode 9 of the Conversation Tree Podcast. (laughs) Um, It's possible I recorded an opening me saying it was Episode 8. But we don't need to know about that. Um, hello, uh, welcome back to the Conversation Tree podcast.
0: Welcome back, because you've been listening the whole time.
1: And as you well know, uh, I'm Jonathan.
0: I did know that, that's true.
1: And you're Lydia, oh, which you may, or may not know. See. <laughs> um, if, uh, if you're listening to us for the very first time, welcome. If you're not, hooray, thank you for coming <laughs> You're <back>. not welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're also welcome, we like you too. Um... And you may recall uh, that two weeks ago in our Halloween Layers of Fear
0: was a fun episode,
1: we said Still we were going yeah, we to talk about Life is Strange.
0: Did we actually say that? I think we did. Oh, well, one of us was paying attention.
1: <laughs> Maybe we didn't.
0: Uh, I'm
1: going to go back in time and change it. <gasps> um, so yes, uh, we are talking about Life is Strange from 2015, I want to say. I think it finally came out in 2050, like the the end of it. I finished it in 2016. Who knows? One of them. I don't. Um, but either way, it is uh, has rapidly become, and in hindsight, becomes even more likely to be my favourite game of all time. Whoa!
0: But it's not Dragon Age Inquisition.
1: I know, right? Me. (laughs) Yeah. Stable two, you're thinking of. Yeah, so hopefully we won't get as angry about it as we did Layers of Fear. I
0: promise nothing. Which we did also really enjoy playing. I did really enjoy it. It's really fun, is is Layers of Fear. You know, if you like abusing women. Yeah. Um,
1: Talking of abusing women, Life is Strange. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That
0: That would be my NBC sitcom like, you know, Grace Under Pressure, um, Everybody Loves Caroline, or whatever that show was called, and Abusing Women with Lydia! <laughs>
1: um, yes, so before we get any further, um, massive, massive, massive spoilers for the whole of okay. Life is Strange, so go off and play it, you numpty, Oh yeah, do, and then and come and check back.
0: It's the slowest burner of a game I ever did play, so give yourself to at least... Well, I don't know. For me, I didn't really get the hang of it until episode three.
1: Yeah, I'd say halfway through the third episode, really, it started to kick yeah. up a gear for me. Yeah. Uh, which, okay, well, that's interesting. Well,
0: oh, no, I... Did didn't maybe? No, no, after you. Just uh, reverse time and start again there. Um. <laughs> well, I was going to say that you binged it, didn't you?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: as did I. And I think... I've never, I've never actually played a, a serial release game. Um, I don't think I have the tolerance for it. I can't do yeah. the TV shows.
1: No, comic no. books either. No, That's a ridiculous way to consume media.
0: Um, but They did make an interesting point on, I think, First Person Scholar podcast about. Oh no, I think it was Aaron Signals actually, about how he, if it was Aaron Signals, wanted, was going to wait and do his video essay on the series as a whole and then realised that it is released it is written and released episodically it's meant to be consumed episodically um which may be true but i'm not sure that's how my brain works
1: no i mean i forget the finer plot details yes. even just playing it all straight through yeah, um yeah. so yeah kind of having six month gaps between episodes or three month gaps between episodes i mm. don't think i would get as much out of it i could be wrong
0: mm-hmm. but i don't think i have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well it's kind of feels sort of indicative of modern society about how we have to have, you know, bigger, ladder, faster now. Mm. Um and even though you and I aren't aren't millennials, um I think technically we are. Oh god. Yeah. No I think we're
1: just about we do kind of count. Tends to be slightly younger what? than us. But yeah, I think just I thought about. we were
0: Generation X. Uh Are they millennials?
1: no i think we're just we're at the end of generation x
0: (sighs) we can't do anything right (laughs)
1: um
0: well anyway i was going to say that i a lot of the culture and fast forward that we tend to associate with younger people people that grew up with computers and mobile phones um isn't our age gap isn't our age community we Still had to hit bullets.
1: fuck? <laughs> Got them as grudging 20-year-olds going, what yeah. am I going to use this for? Uh. Yeah.
0: Call it my dinosaur friends, why do Yeah. Um. But anyway, so my point being, even though we grew up in a less bigger, faster now society, I think it's absolutely still influenced us. Um, I've certainly, definitely felt my patience threshold decrease over the years. Much to your amusement, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. um, so... I wonder if needing to binge TV shows and things like Life is Strange is indicative of needing it now bigger, faster, or if I just prefer my narrative consumption that way and always have. know.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think I'm thinking about comic books as a, a good example because they're a month between mm-hmm. very slim bits of content, mm. um, and I've never it's really. That's another
0: thing. They are so
1: yeah. slight. I've never read them as individual comic books, really. Mm. Uh, even when it's been getting individual issues, I've sort of waited until all of them are out to yeah. to read the whole thing. Oh, it
0: reminds me, I must uh, get back into Why the Last Man, because I was doing that episodically. Completely forgot where I was with it. Yep. I need to start all over again. Thank <laughs> you very much. Also, finance is an issue to that, because what you might ha- be able to afford for the first few months, or however long the cycle of... Mm. Uh, release is shit happens and then you you can't keep consuming it. Whereas if you have funds in the first place to just buy it in its entirety Mm. um, that's usually a wiser move.
1: Well, do you think having played Life is Strange
0: Shit, I had to play it? (laughs) Yeah, Uh,
1: Having played Life is Strange in a binge can you see anywhere where spreading it out over time would have been more beneficial?
0: Well no, or I probably would have, but people who did spread it out over time talked about how they would have felt overwhelmed with the game if they'd played it all in one sitting and too emotionally drained and that got me thinking, that was um, the First Person Scholar podcast, but other people have talked about that as well, but that got me thinking, I think when it comes to fiction I like feeling emotionally drained
1: Yeah, I I think that is key to why I love Life is Strange so much, mm. I think, because um, it's all about the emotion, really. That The yeah. point of the game, yeah. Yeah. effectively, mm-hmm. is to elicit emotion. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't... Damn
0: women manipulating women. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: That doesn't happen as often in games as it should. And even when mm. games do have emotional elements and you know big rpgs i've talked before yeah i've talked about tally and mass effect before on Mm -hmm. on the podcast and fable 2 and your doggy
0: um
1: you know they're all big emotional moments but it doesn't seem to me that any games are really looking at making an emotional impact with very few exceptions, Life is Strange being one of them, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is the it exists to create an emotional impact in a way. Mm-hmm. I think, and for for a genre uh, for not a genre for a medium that is that prides itself on how immersive it can be compared to other media yeah. um, and how much a part of it you are. Mm-hmm. I think it's strange that Life is Strange. <laughs> Life is Strange is strange, strange, strange. strange. Um, yeah. It's peculiar that Life is Strange is, if not unique, Mm -hmm. um, a very rare example of that depth of emotional engagement.
0: That's weird.
1: Mm. Why do you think it manages to do that?
0: What, to be engaging?
1: Yeah. I mean, or do do you think other games are trying to do this and not doing it as well as Life is Strange? Or... Is it something that games generally, from our limited experience, um, just aren't trying to do for whatever reason?
0: It is weird that when you think of the origins of games, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there were two strands. There were the um, adventure games like the Discworld games, for example. Uh and there was Donkey Kong and Pong. And Pong That's
1: what they're mm, called, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I suddenly got word that, you know, the game that smells. Pong. <laughs> um and it's odd that they went in they didn't marry up for quite a while. It's just it just seems odd to me that when computer games were invented, the instinct wasn't to go, how can we use this to engage with people emotionally? It was, what's a way to kill time? Mm. is that
1: weird? Yeah, here's a sort of physical activity. Or yeah, be only, a sport, um, yeah, a sport. Yeah. sedentary
0: sport. I find that strange.
1: It is. And I think that's where some of the conflict currently is, and probably has been for a long time, yeah. in the industry between kind of still trying to marry those two things together yeah. whereas maybe in a way it's better to keep them separate and let the ones that are being an enjoyable way of killing time become oh. the best they can possibly be of that and the ones that are trying to affect emotionally or to to tell a story mm-hmm. to get on with that without feeling the need yeah. to put in the quote-unquote gaminess yeah. Yeah. of them
0: yeah um Yeah, which kind of makes me think of The Last of Us. Although I still think that married up narrative engagement and social artistic responsibility and gaminess quite well. But um, that does lead straight into a question I wanted to ask. I walked right
1: into that one. Um,
0: (laughs) Honest officer, you walked right into it. (laughs) Um, How much is this still a game, Bunny ears game, and how much a storytelling experience?
1: Um, I think it is, uh, well, I think this is a wonderful example of both stuck together and it has managed to do that. Oh, hasn't it? Uh, I think. I'll tell you why. Do. Um.
0: If you could take about an hour and 20 minutes to do it, that'd be great. Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) My. (laughs) Oh, God. Feeling.
0: what have I started? Oh, God. Okay,
1: no, Okay so why no i basic think,
0: threshold. <laughs>
1: um i stuck a blog about this particular aspects of it up on my personal blog com. uh if you fancy reading about it but i'll talk about it here as well so there <laughs> um one of the reasons i think it's so successful um I kind of and i've only just realized this in the, the kind of year since i've finished playing it it's been the emotion of it that I've concentrated on, uh, which we've touched on already and I'm sure we'll talk about more. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I think it does so successfully is um, the time manipulation power. It's the core mechanic of the game, Mm -hmm. Um, the the kind of being able to rewind and approach conversations differently, that kind of thing. it's it's a superpower, which we've seen a loss of in games. Everyone, pretty much everyone has a superpower, like Booker firing crows out of his hands, mm. or um, Corvo blinking mm. here, there and everywhere, all those kinds of things. Even people who aren't superheroes mm. or don't have powers.
0: Last of Us do. with zombie vision. Yeah, yeah.
1: zombie vision, uh, Batman vision. Um, Hitman vision. <laughs> yeah, God, everyone's got wacky <laughs> yeah. vision. Um, or even uh, Nathan Drake being able to, Shrug off bullet wounds oh. like there's no tomorrow. Oh, um, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's not it's not groundbreaking to have a time control power, and there are even other games with mm-hmm. time control stuff in any way. But giving it to a teenager mm. um, who's um, a bit socially awkward anyway uh, and a bit shy and retiring mm. is much more interesting than. Giving, could mm. do The fistful of crows or Corvo, who's a master assassin, the ability to teleport places mm. and be even better at assassinating assassinating assassins. Mm. Um, so that's it's the same as with name Violet, the daughter in um, what well, kind of all the characters in The Incredibles, um, that their oh, yeah. powers are oh right
0: yeah mm-hmm. uh, work
1: very well with an aspect of their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so the awkward daughter being able to turn invisible mm-hmm. is. Kind of something. Yeah, yeah, Um, and yeah, it's the same with Max being able to rewind time and tackle conversations differently. Mm -hmm. If she's a bit awkward and doesn't always know the right thing to say or Mm -hmm. quite how to speak to people, it's a good way for her to overcome that. So it kind of it fits very nicely into her overcoming her own little personal obstacle almost. Uh, and And frankly so you also... mean the
0: gaminess of a character that can rewind time fits into a narrative tradition of character insight and character development
1: yeah yeah uh, I think there's there's even more to it than that, but I think that's a part of it um but yeah, I mean also it is the uh, a classic thing that people can. Uh, relate to as well kind of everyone's been a te- teenager and either had a witty rejoinder they've wished they'd made uh, mm. and hasn't been able to or um or wish they could have approached the situation differently mm. um i mean we do it as adults as well i'm sure but mm. um <laughs> well, i don't obviously <laughs> but um but yeah i mean definitely as as teenagers um so that's one aspect but also the time travel is crucial to the plot. the The whole game wouldn't exist without the time travel power. Mm-hmm. Whereas in most other games, powers are flung at you left, right, and centre, and the game will oh, carry right, on just yeah. fine. Yeah. Again, think of Bioshock. You can shoot your way through Rapture or Columbia, yeah. and the the powers help you, make it easier, but mm-hmm. they aren't. They don't. They they aren't exactly the story
0: what... would carry on regardless yeah. of your powers.
1: Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah the the time manipulation power is it's the central core mechanic.
0: Yeah. It's suited Chloe, to the character. without that it's... Chloe would die and mm. it wouldn't be until local news probably when Max even knows that that was her friend because yeah. she doesn't recognise Chloe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and and this is the key uh, taking it outside of the game itself and into the player experience of it. Um. Ever since Walking well, probably even before, but Walking Dead really kickstarting this sort of choice based narrative mm-hmm. game. Um there's been a uh, a sort of a battle, if you like, between wanting my one true playthrough of it. Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and wanting to know what else would yeah. have happened, or not being happy with the decision and kind of wanting to go back. Yeah. Um and I think Life is Strange manages to use that curiosity and that oh, okay. um, yeah that that sort of observed behaviour in gamers, if you like, mm-hmm. um, to to its advantage. And so you get to make choices, but you also get to have seen what some of the others are. But there are also the big things that happen further down the line based on all the choices. So there are still Right. Surprises down the line based on things that you've done that yeah. you may not even realise are going to have an yeah. effect or
0: so that's another marriage of linear narrative storytelling mm. with the advantages and even tropes of a video game.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it okay. it doesn't feel like they've tacked on this time power to a linear story. Yeah. It's okay. it's absolutely integral both to playing the game And the plot of the game and the characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's kind of its biggest strength, if you like. Everything else is icing on that cake. Um, And without that middle, I don't know whether it would be as affecting. Um, But it's taken me a long time to realise that because all the other stuff, the the emotional engagement with it, Mm -hmm. is so overpowering. Um, It's hard to kind of dig down beneath that for me in a way.
0: My next question hmm. is does life is strange gamify realistic experiences? Is this trite or irresponsible storytelling?
1: Um
0: I might sneeze, apologies in advance.
1: Okay. Um Would it be a problem? <coughs> <laughs> would it be a problem if it did gamify real things?
0: Um well might do. Depends what the real things are. I mean, this is a game that tackles rape, murder, drug use, suicide, bullying, sexual harassment, online harassment, um, corrupt authority figures, abuse of children. Can those be gamified responsibly?
1: Um. Gamified is a very odd word, I think, because you wouldn't say, "Can you filmify those things responsibly?" Oh, okay. Because yes and no, you you can and you can't. Depends depends um, on you know, yeah. Who's doing and, it. and I think the same would go for whether you can put those things in a game. Well, to
0: just expand on that, then, so by gamify, I mean turn those events into codify might be a better word into a series of interactions that the player has experienced in different forms elsewhere so knows how to respond to knows what the rules and expectations of these experiences in the game are um, and turns it into a win-lose situation so can these experiences be turned into a win lose situation with a set of definitive possibly even reductionist rules
1: um yes, I would say they can uh, and again, I think it still well, comes responsibly down, yeah um I think it comes down to the same issue of it can it can be done responsibly and it can be done irresponsibly um and I'm sure you'll find an example <laughs> to uh,
0: I've already um, got one. Sorry. Well why don't
1: you give me an example oh, okay. and uh, and then we can discuss that.
0: Okay. And also I'd I'd like to know why you think it is responsible. I'm not I'm not mm. trying to piss on your parade of just yeah. you know, different reactions, different strokes from different folks. So for me, um Kate Suicide, of course. Mm. Um I mean, I, I have a lot of issues around that. A large one is the lack of, um, what's what I want, um, like justice or investigation about the corrupt authority figures that let it happen, um, which the game I don't think ever satisfactorily goes into, um, and that has a the effect of turning her suicide into a plot device as opposed to a, an issue to be examined and understood by players. Um, but within that, there's a number of hoops you have to jump through in order to be able to literally talk Kate off the ledge. And I think it's fair to say, but be interesting if you disagree, that Kate dying is a lose scenario to that game sequence. Kate winning, Kate living is a win scenario. Yeah. So then these hoops that you jump through in the plot um, are the mini games almost that you have to win in order to have full armory to talk Kate off the ledge with like for example do you when you see she's being harassed by a cop do you take photographic evidence or do you step in and talk to her and that one I'm I kind of appreciate the pros and cons of it the one that really bugs me the hoop that you have to jump through is when you go to talk to her and she's clearly distraught and if you're role-playing see I think this is what it comes down to is how much do you stay in character and if you dip out of character. I feel it starts to become irresponsible because then it becomes a game as opposed to storytelling. Anyway, so you go to visit her, she's clearly distraught. If you stay in character, I feel, you talk to her, you might feed her rabbit or whatever the option is to do with her bunny. And then when she's done talking to you, you give her her privacy. What you do not do as a concerned friend is snoop through all her personal stuff, opening drawers, looking in her closet, reading a private letter from her father, which <laughs> then gives you this coded information that you use to talk her off the ledge. And I feel like the game forces me to, be, to either stop feeling it realistically, to step out of character, or to be a creepy snoop in order to win the suicide game.
1: Well, I would say... The way that would become irresponsible, if you like, is if it was flagged up front that she's going to commit suicide and you're going to have to save her at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you are playing mm-hmm, with, that with that yeah, with that as the end goal. Mm-hmm. But because you don't know, when you're, certainly when you're playing it the first time, mm-hmm. um, that that is an event that is going to happen you don't know that you need this armory that's only that's that's something that is feels optional at the time that you're going through it and as yeah. you say if you were role playing it in the way that you were uh that you saw and that you felt max as um you missed those things uh, and that meant that you couldn't quote unquote win that scenario yeah um but i don't think um, I don't think that in and of itself that is irresponsible in the way that it's portrayed here. I mean I do think that it, it is odd that there isn't more of an inquest going on. Maybe there is in the background that obviously the game the game's main plot wasn't concerned with. Um inquest. about That's for you. Yeah, Thank inquest, you. Yeah. um into the circumstances around the suicide or suicide attempt, depending on mm-hmm. how things panned out. Um says he, having saved her. <laughs> did
0: you Did you find the father's letter?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did.
0: Why did you look for it? Um, you didn't know she was going no. no, no,
1: no, no. to die? No. Or attempt to die? No. I don't know. It was some time ago. Uh, either because it was a game, and that's what I do. <laughs> um, My point exactly. Or... um. Because well, one of the things that's never really addressed is whether whether there's any creepiness to Max's use of time travel to manipulate people, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and given that you have to do that at various points, plot-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it I think feels
0: it, it feels creepy in the moment.
1: Um, I don't think it's any less weird to go looking at people's. (laughs) um I, i think personality wise those two things could coexist happily poking through stuff
0: so my concern then is that the rules if you like that the game sets up that it's okay to emotionally manipulate people by rewinding time and then telling them what they want to hear. It's okay to snoop through people's private stuff because if you get caught you can rewind time. Those rules that it's telling you are okay. Um, Feed into the mini-game of Kate's suicide. And the lack of morality around those things colors the mini game of kate's suicide that there's a there's a pattern of amorality for the sake of a fun game experience which snowballs into kate's suicide and because that to me feels like it has a win state and a lose state i think the importance of the issue is undermined because you have to i felt I had to break my own real world morality code to win, to complete the rules, to save Kate's life. And I don't agree that the depiction of suicide, it was a very sincere, I mean, I, I you know, I think there's some merits in this as well. Um, oh, how was I going to complete that? Was, uh, the, the, I shouldn't have to break my own morality standards to prevent a likable fictional character from dying. What's the point?
1: I think they're hamstrung slightly um, in that the way that you have to save Kate is by effectively u- using what you know of Kate and your uh, your, your knowledge of Kate's life. Yeah, but um, just
0: to stop you there, there's an acceptable knowledge of Kate's life and an unacceptable knowledge of Kate's life.
1: There is, but um, Max is the only person at the school who's close to Kate, it would seem. Mm-hmm. So we're not privy to anything that's come before the game in terms of Max and Kate's relationship. Mm-hmm. So they, without turning that scene just into a cutscene, scene, they wouldn't, they couldn't use any inbuilt knowledge of Kate's life that Max has from previous mm-hmm. late night conversations or whatever that they, right. their relationship has taken. So, so while that maybe there were could have been better ways that they could have um could have made Ma- given max this information that mm-hmm. kate could have shared this information mm-hmm. in a conversation or something like that mm-hmm. um which probably would have been better mm-hmm. um i do think they were slightly limited within the parameters of yeah what that set up
0: so that leads me to think that maybe suicide for a number of reasons but we're led to believe that the the last straw for kate is the um online sexual harassment um presumably then that's too big an issue to appear that early in the game with a secondary character who the creators have to use amoral shortcuts to build your relationship with i mean if it's so important that you understand Kate's relation, it's a matter of life and death that you as the player understand Kate's relationship with her parents. And surely that relationship building where Mm. Kate talks to you about this deserves time. Otherwise, I think you're just tugging on some heartstrings in an irresponsible way. I mean, I think, I think they're using suicide as a shortcut to make you go, Oh, this is serious now.
1: Uh, yeah, the, Probably are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good night, folks. My work here is <laughs> done here.
1: <laughs> but do you know what? Uh, I'll okay? take. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that uh-huh. because um, there aren't many other games dealing with this. So thank God someone's standing up and actually looking at high school and depression and mental mm-hmm. health and they, online bullying.
0: I mean, they are they are to an extent. Are they looking at it? This, I mean, this is kind of going back to the original point. Are they looking at these issues responsibly, or are they they using these issues to make you engage in a game? Is there a right or wrong to
1: this? Um, I think they are, by and large, using them responsibly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think there are elements that work better than others. Um, I think the mental health of Nathan. Um yeah. Nathan? Yeah, yeah Nathan. Yeah. Um, is one of the slightly less cohesive aspects.
0: Yeah, I think um, they really let the ball drop. Yeah. Though.
1: But um but I think by and large it is all being handled for the right reasons rather than two ship a game. Okay. Because there are more if they just wanted to ship a game and sell lots of units, mm-hmm. there are more obvious things they could have done rather than making a game in a style or in a tone that
0: oh, well, isn't I don't, really I don't being know done. that it needs to always be that callous, that black and white. I'm just concerned that they continue. they create Kate as a victim and then they continue to victimise her for the personal development of the main character. And I worry that they just that that victimization of Kate I mean maybe I suppose apart from murder, suicide is the other biggest thing that will happen. You know, death or killing. Mm. If we're being simplistic about it. And I just worry that the suicide of a character after sexual abuse is used as a colour for Max's development and not as a standalone issue.
1: I think it serves both functions well, because I think it... um, is important to flag up the ramifications of the in-person and online bullying Mm -hmm. that a girl in a vulnerable position being away from home uh, for possibly the first time Mm -hmm. that kind of thing um, the importance that those kinds of things can have on her life and if, if they've done that in a way that's maybe cut a few corners
0: Better than nothing. Uh,
1: yeah, okay. absolutely.
0: Well, it's kind of a sad state of affairs that that's where we are with games. That using it potentially irresponsibly is better than using than nothing at all. I, I, t- mm. I take I take your meaning on board that it's nice to talk about it. My concern is that it is still a sort of passive aggressive form of misogyny to to use. To, to pick this fictional character and drive her to her death so that either your character has established an emotional center for the rest of the game or so that you have the player pride of having poked through her personal things and won the mini minigame. I, I, I worry about that. But mm. I don't think that wrecks the game. And I do take yeah, I completely hmm. understand your meaning that there's there's still merit in it. Um but uh um so the the last straw for Kate being the online harassment. And I I kind of wonder, I mean I don't really remember from my initial playthrough how I felt about this. But in reading about it and watching video essays about it, people seem to focus more on the online harassment than the actual sexual abuse, which is a little weird.
1: Yeah, I think there is a weird thing in Life is Strange that I don't think they ever out and out say anyone's been raped as part Mm -hmm. of the things that have been going on,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which I felt was a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I like mean, elephant in the room. Yeah. I mean hers, I mean they, Um, I can't remember what it was. It was like a massive kissing session or something like that, that mm. I think is what's been shared there. But it's.
0: But then we find those pictures of her yeah, in the, the murder basement. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Oof. And yeah. And yeah, you'd find pictures of Chloe in a similar situation and uh, whoever else. And, um, but it, it's it's clear they've been kidnapped and murdered mm-hmm. um or uh and put through some kind of abuse, but it never out and out says that's what's happened, which I think is i think it's implied right um do you strange.
0: think that those issues
1: um,
0: sexual harassment, the online abuse the the threats and violence, the um, ambiguity around what the violence is, do you think that is a deliberate or otherwise statement on Gamergate?
1: Um, I don't know, because I don't know enough about Gamergate. Lucky. I think yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of hashtags flying around, and I thought, do you know what? This is going to be annoying whichever way I look at it. Um, when do,
0: so when was the game released? 2015, released? Yeah, it started.
1: Yeah, came well, it came out fully in 2015. Um, yeah, because I played it around Christmas or so November 2015, I think. Oh really? Um, so I don't know when it started. Started.
0: In development, what a few years? Yeah. Mm. So, uh.
1: 2012
0: potentially yeah. could have started, right? Mm. Do you think so? Um, you know
1: more about Game Gate than I do.
0: Well, I I don't know. I mean, it's certainly it's not a coincidence. The games probing probing's too strong a word games indictment of online harassment and male toxicity I don't know how much of that they might have recolored during Gamergate which was largely in 2014 mm. although it carries on good good
1: <laughs>
0: um I, I, I think the game is indicative of the gamer and online culture that was around during its creation and release. And I don't know how much they deliberately talked about and how much was just in the air that seeped into the game, if you see what I mean. Mm. But either way, it's, it's good that they're socially aware, unlike so many games that don't want to talk about it. But, Mm. um, can I read a couple quotes? Yeah, good. So these are from, this is a really good article, you read this as well. Oh, who's it even by? Can
1: I get the person's name? Might say their blog at the very bottom, I think.
0: Well, the blog is called Go Make Me a Sandwich, How Not to Sell Games to Women. Um... I don't have the person's name. That's odd. The article is Life is Strange and the Importance of Women's Stories, and it's on Go Make Me a Sandwich, which I'll post a link to. It looks like a good blog. So they make a couple, quite a few interesting points in this. Here's a couple, though, around sort of sort of around this topic. Um, Max, as the protagonist, finds herself the lone woman in an office full of powerful men who are demanding that she tell the truth about what happened, while also clearly conveying the subtext that doing so is clearly against Max's own best interests, which is some powerful shit right there. She goes on to say, Neither do the writers flinch from showing how there are systems and institutions created by class and money like school and the police that protect serial predators from the consequences of their actions so that they can be free to keep assaulting. So, yeah, I think the game's, I mean, game's obviously looking at issues around there and those issues are indicative of Gamergate culture. Um... Similarly, with Kate's suicide, I kind of feel like the game takes a bite out of these topics and decides it's too much and then runs away. And that's why, again, I feel it starts to tip into social irresponsibility by bringing up these issues and then not really challenging them. Not really judging them, just presenting them as sort of unpleasant and then wandering off to tell a different
1: Well, if they're presented as unpleasant, isn't that judging them in a way?
0: Only the most mildly.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think the The danger is looking for a Story to be about some th- because it does deal with a lot of big things and a lot of timely things, um, any one of which could become the the overarching plot or antagonistic yeah. force or whatnot. Yeah. Um. But the the story isn't about that so much. Do you think yeah. it would have been a better story if they'd got rid of sort of four, of the, four or five of the big uh, the big things going on in the background and just focused mm. on kind of made online harassment the, mm. the big bad, if you
0: like? Oh, well, that's interesting you said that because one of my questions, which I was going to get to next, is do the big issues make it a better game than if it was only about coming of age? So I think in terms of engagement and excitement and thrillerness, Depicting those things in it. Yeah, that's a shortcut to, to my engagement. Absolutely. Yeah. Well done. Um, but I think in the long run, it would be more responsible and conscientious if it had sort of picked one of those or even the, the series of consequences between, I mean, you know, um, corrupt authority and cape suicide aren't individual incidents they they're directly linked um so following that link more spending more game time on the consequences of corruption how corruption can exist and what you can do about it i think would have been a wiser move rather than going oh this system really sucks let's go talk about this other thing for a while now
1: yeah, do you worry though that there's an element that it would be less, <laughs> um, okay, talking about a game with time travel and so on in it, but, um, less real feeling in a way if it became about Max versus patriarchal authority figures rather than, um, I think what's very striking about the game is that it's it's not about fighting any great big fight. It is There are all these big things going on in the background, which there are in people's lives, um, but the game is focused on a slightly smaller canvas, in a way, and I think that's a problem. Okay.
0: (laughs) I think it's unfair for the real world and convenient for storytelling that they picked these huge issues, issues that literally result in life or death, and didn't make it the game about those, used those as filler for a story that's about a teenage girl falling in love And then, uh, what what is the point of her choice at the end? I mean, it's kind of, she's so godlike, she decides who lives and dies, and I don't understand why the game, the creators, grant her so much otherworldly power and aren't interested in looking at the injustices that she sees very plainly in her real life. I mean, I, I don't know why, I don't know why they felt that Max's two choices at the end were more emotionally important than, for example, the idea of Max. Rewinding time far enough to stop What's-His-Face from killing all those girls. Why is that story not the one that got told? And I just worry that it's because a part of the creators decided that the murder of those girls wasn't as important, wasn't as interesting. That it's just background. Background.
1: Surely there are any number of games and books and films that start at a certain point when bad things have already happened to people and we only pick up with it partway through when another character gets involved Mm -hmm. with it.
0: Yeah, and sometimes those books are irresponsible.
1: And sometimes they're not.
0: And sometimes they're not. And I don't know why the weight here in this story is on Max's self-gratification as opposed to trying to right the wrongs that she's involved in. And, And if it wanted to if the story was about Max's selfishness then I think that would be fair enough if it were obvious, if like Last of Us. God, I love Last of Us. Mm -hmm. If the selfishness was held in judgment. And again, tell me what your opinion of this is, but I don't feel like her selfishness is judged. I feel like you're kind of emotionally rewarded for either decision Max makes at the end which devalues the threats and dangers of the girls who suffered abuse before her.
1: Um, Well, I've only seen the second ending, but the version that I played through, um, Chloe was sacrificed and saved the town, Uh Um, um, and killers are brought to justice and so on and so forth. Um, so,
0: who are the killers? Is is Nathan arrested as well? Uh
1: yeah, uh, I can't remember what happens to Nathan exactly, but yeah, he's definitely. One of
0: Principal um, Wells?
1: It? No, um the uh, the photography teacher.
0: Yeah, but Principal Wells is involved in this. I mean, he's not involved directly, but mm. he's a system of corruption that allows the murders to happen.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's presumably gets added to the the Kate inquest, I don't know.
0: But it shouldn't be presumed. Hmm.
1: Um No, but the so the, the people who are directly the ones responsible for um, oh, my God,
0: it's not that simple! No, I know. That's <laughs> not how it works! Kate, Max doesn't just get to press a button and say, OK, my lesbian girlfriend dies so that this one thoroughly evil, completely two-dimensional man goes to jail. Ha-ha, all is right in the world now. It, it It's not allowed to take these issues and then wind them up so neatly. No, and I
1: don't think it is saying all is right in the world now. The, I think what they've done very nicely is created um, characters in a world that exist can exist separate in the mind to the events of the game and so that things do carry on afterwards and not everything is necessarily um, resolved and all tied up with a bow and everyone's going to live happily ever after and she's going to see the error of her ways and marry Warren and uh, whatever it may be. Um, well, I, marrying
0: but... Warren isn't the solution I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually holding a mirror up to these real life scenarios of school corruption and lazy teachers and abusive classmates and... You know, white middle class privilege, and I mean that poor homeless woman that lives behind the diner. We never get to the to hear the rest of her story because it's just filler. And I don't think I I haven't played the ending where she sacrifices Chloe. So I've only seen heard these things secondhand, but it doesn't feel like the examination of the wrongs. Are weighted as heavily as the titillation
1: of the wrongs um no, I would take exception to that my main my main emotional resonance with the game wasn't one of titillation or excitement about the big themes it was dealing with. it was sadness um and um and I think there's a weight behind it that leads to the sadness that that means things are being looked at more than just in the sense of hey look we're gonna deal with suicide now woo hey look we're gonna deal with euthanasia now woo hey look we're gonna deal with online harassment now woo Mm -hmm. um i didn't come away from it thinking man that was so exciting the bit with the harassment and saving kate that was oh my gosh that was exciting i've never been more excited Mm -hmm. and made alive by feeling in the moment. No, it was uh, a feeling of um, empathy with the characters, sadness that things had got to that stage, thinking about why they'd got to that stage and what mm-hmm. the various elements were that had conspired to make it so that the only person that would possibly be able to, to talk Kate off the ledge was Max, who... Mm-hmm only knows her through having looked at some letters uh, and yet that's still a closer relationship than anyone else has got with her Okay. Um, so no I, I think um, I'm definitely not denying it could have gone into much more depth in some of the in all of the big things that were going on in the background um, but I also think there was merit to Stuffing it full of so many that you can see how complicated life is for these people who are affected. They are going through the most important educational part of their lives, but Mm -hmm. they, as people are in the real world, have also got these huge other pressures going on um, that kind of do hover in the background as they do you know if you're at school thinking about your photography class then you've got to be thinking about that even if your best friend is uh been was hit by a car a while ago and mm-hmm. has begged you to kill them um well and you
0: that's that's, the other, story that. line, that's the other storyline that i think the game's merits are undermined by because I think it uses the systems of abuse to give the player an emotional shortcut to Max so that you care more about her relationship with Chloe, which is the real one. It's like Kate is... Kate and abuse and corruption are subplots. It worries me.
1: So would you rather a game where Kate was the main plot and Chloe was a subplot or
0: potentially. I think I would have preferred I don't know about in terms of just good fun. I like I feel like loading up a video game right now. I don't know which I would prefer, and that's why I that's why I was asking about the gamification of mm. real world problems. Um but the liberal in me would have preferred a game that did one of two things either had max and the player recognize the abuse and corruption that was leading to kate's death and used her magic tiny wimey powers to follow that through or a game that would have had the player and max identify these problems and use her tiny wimey problems to resoundly ignore them because they frightened her, and she wanted to deal with other things. And would hold her in judgment for that, rather than using those problems as emotional fodder for the story it really wanted to tell, which was Chloe and Max. Hmm. I'll just ask you one more, if I yeah, can. Okay, and sure. then and then it's over to you. Is the game too forgiving of its abusers? David is never entirely confronted for... Um, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't play out the scenario where he hits Chloe. I don't know if you did. Uh,
1: I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I, I definitely didn't. Um, but from what I understand, that is never brought up again. Um, and the stuff where you find out he's been secretly spying on his family in the house... Which I find deeply troubling. Um, for my playthrough, nothing more ever came of that, and from the way other people have talked about it, I don't. Other people haven't mentioned that you ever get the chance to resolve that. Um, so he feels not only forgiven, but justified in some ways. Not entirely, it's not that simple, but for various reasons, I chose to play being very sympathetic to him initially because i as a character role playing i wanted to manipulate him and get him on our side and the more i did that the more the game told me about his background and why he was the person he was that then made me genuinely start to like him and so i forgave him and i would have found it more satisfying if the game hadn't have been so quick to justify and forgive him Nathan, we find out isn't nearly as bad as we thought. He never goes comes true on his threats to abuse Max, which means he was just blowing hot air and wasn't really a threat. Um, he's not. I don't think is he involved in the murders. I don't remember. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. Okay. And you said in your version, he something does. I think so.
1: I can't quite remember. Okay. Um... But then we also
0: find out how troubled and abused he is at home, which I think goes some way to kind of justifying isn't the right word, but saying it wasn't his fault. He's merely um, what's the word? Not prolonging. Um, Like doing again what's been done to him Mm, in a way. And I don't know why it needed to let him off the hook. Um, Victoria ends up being quite a good egg even though she is one of the people directly responsible for Kate's suicide um and i don't know why we feel the need to forgive her other than like in the grand sense of isn't forgiveness good but i don't know why we need to like her i don't know why she needs to then become an ally so easily um and principal wells who is more indirectly involved in all this, but his corruption and laziness is still very much responsible for all these systems of abuses. And then we find out it's because it's not really his fault. He's an alcoholic. He's miserable. He's he doesn't oh, have about that. he doesn't have the authority that he should have because the evil Prescotts have taken it away from him. I just why.
1: Um, Yeah, no, I definitely think uh, some of those are let off the hook uh, much more recently than they should be. Um, I'll take exception to you about Victoria, though, um, because even before uh, Kate's attempted or successful suicide, um, you see a glimpse of the victoria that is underneath the mask of victoria Mm -hmm. um which doesn't excuse her behavior in any way but at least they've they've set up that Mm -hmm. there is more to her
0: yeah to their credit she's she's a very believable character she's more believable than any of the men Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: um and well i think we are meant to see her in the game's eyes in a more positive light Mm -hmm. afterwards um, I don't think we're meant to forget what okay. had come before. I think what it's doing successfully, I'd say, is taking a character and um, making them see the consequences of their actions and changing as a result of that. Okay. Um, and, you know, taking I think she takes on some of the responsibility for Kate's suicide or attempted suicide in mine it was a suicide attempt Mm -hmm. so obviously it It does
0: weight it differently yeah absolutely Um, it kind of shouldn't but it does yeah
1: Mm -hmm. um but yeah so yeah
0: i mean in my eyes she's a murderer yeah Um, in your eyes she's a bully yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah um so yeah so i i think i i would argue that she isn't all is forgiven life is rosy. mm-hmm we do see that she's changed for the better and the game acknowledges that Mm -hmm. without necessarily expecting us to forget what's come before um uh david yeah i think the recording at home thing's weird and isn't ever fully addressed Mm -hmm. um and and we are definitely you know we do sympathize with him more as things go on i don't think i think i sided more with chloe than Mm. him so you probably found out slightly more what's going on behind the surface but you know I knew that was going on. Joyce liked him, so he must be all right in some way, shape, or form.
0: Stockholm Syndrome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Uh, well, Principal Wells, I mean, yeah, I do think we should have seen something more going on with Principal Wells, Um, given not only the suicide and culture of bullying mm-hmm. going on at the school, but also then the... um. Uh, He's been harbouring a um, torture and murderer. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, I think definitely there'll be some kind of... It would be good to have seen some kind of official process starting in the background at the very least.
0: Um, One of the things that really bugs me about him specifically, it's more understandable in the narrative context from other players, but... The number of times that Max has the opportunity to tell him what's going on and ask him for help, depending on how you play it, he never wants to understand what she's saying. And that is only kind of part and parcel of the system of corruption, rather than being a fleshed-out example of authority not wanting to listen to claims of sexual harassment from women um I mean it's very clear that that's what they're tapping into i mean if he for example if he represents police and if max represents um, a survivor of a sexual attack uh, and and if she were um Accusing a celebrity. Say. Um, then. Principal Wells. A.K.A. The criminal justice system. Not wanting to believe her. Wanting to believe the celebrity instead. Uh, the game. Represents that. Injustice. And. Hypocrisy. But it doesn't represent it. Enough to, as a player, really get your teeth into. Mm, yeah. And so then to, yeah, to then go to various efforts to show how weak he is, as opposed to... I don't you kind of feel like his ineptitude in those situations is a result of various other problems in his life as opposed to the problems in his life being a result of what kind of person he is. Mm. And that again that touches on the irresponsible for me. Is that saying it's not really his fault that he can't act with authority when a child tells him <laughs> that someone is being abused.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think the the weird thing hovering in the background is the Prescott family. Mm. And it's slightly strange that you don't ever that the game isn't in in the end about toppling the Prescott family. Yeah. Because there That's a, kind of what I was saying you know, earlier, yeah. Yeah, there's a policeman in a diner who's having to do favours for them, Mm -hmm. the principal, Mm -hmm. Um, Nathan obviously, as part of the family, all kinds of stuff is tied to the Prescott family, but you don't so much as get a sniff of going down that route. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying about how I think it might not be as immediately fun in the instance, but I think long term, the game... Would hold up better if that was the big bad that it tackled, as opposed to the tornado, mm. <laughs> this magical tornado. <laughs> but um, but that's it for me. So thank you for engaging. Um, <laughs> so. Why don't you talk us through some points you wanted to make? Well, no, I was tell gonna, us what you did enjoy.
1: Um, I know when we started this podcast, one of the things we were going to try and focus on was um, being positive about games because really? so many things are negative about. It's much yeah, harder. I know. <laughs> there we go. We discovered why. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, no, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, if, if I, I. hate it so much. Why do I play it? Yeah. yeah. You don't like games. Go <laughs> play boy games instead. I
0: know. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go break my hair for a
1: while. So yeah. Um. So this um and gone home and oxen free um or they're all very different games, but they're all games with a female protagonist that are about they're more sort of adventure games and mm-hmm. exploration games mm-hmm. um that kind of thing so they they fit into a sort of a loose canon, yeah. if you like yeah that's true um. Do you think that's something that we're going to see slightly more of? And would you rather that there were mm-hmm. uh, shooty action games that fitted into this canon as well? Um, so that games with female protagonists weren't just I know mean, yeah, they're not that's just. A good point. But um
0: There's a risk that there'll be if you want a game with a female protagonists, do you find an indie adventure game? Mm.
1: I mean the Tomb Raider's the obvious counterbalance to that, but um That's one. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Interesting. Well, there's a nice gender stereotype I can make here about violence being a male prerogative, but I don't want to make that stereotype. I haven't studied sociology enough to know why violence seems to be associated with men more. Mm. Um and I would be highly disinclined to say that it's because of any sort of natural intrinsic evolutionary whatnot if if it is associated with men more than that's just because mm. men own the media. Mm. <laughs> um Well, the simple answer is I really liked all three of the games you mentioned, Oxen Free, Life is Strange and gone home, gone home the best, so I'd like more that type of game generally.
1: Mm.
0: There's also a funny thing that I mean when you're when it's a first person shooter, you're almost genderless, other yeah, than, yeah. other than hearing the character grunt <laughs> mm. they don't really need to be identified at all. Which then begs the next question, why is it only men that are hired to grunt? <laughs> um, what were we playing recently? Uh, oh, it was, know, it was something else. Oh, we were enjoying it. It was first person, presumably shooter, as opposed to platformer. Um, and it was pretty gender neutral because the setting was so unearthly, for whatever reason, that gender didn't really need to be an issue. And then we were just saying how nice it was not having to play as a man or a woman and then the character popped over something and went, whoa! I'm like, oh God, it's a man.
1: Ah, oh, I don't remember what that was. Huh,
0: that's Bloody typical.
1: <laughs> hey, well, let me, let me try a different one that's also kind of ties in with Oxenfree as well. Um, because one of the big... Um, criticisms that's often levelled as that life is strange, justifiably, uh, no matter how much I like it, can't get away from oh. some of the moment-to-moment writing, the, the mm-hmm. lines themselves are pretty god-awful.
0: Um <laughs>
1: <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the, there's a part of me that wonders whether that's because they're teenagers and i don't know how teenagers mm-hmm. speak anymore so it sounds weird to me mm-hmm. um, um but then you look at a game like Oxenfree where the characters are actually younger mm-hmm. by a year or two than mm-hmm. the ones in life is strange but they sound about five years older yeah that uh, they don't sound like teenagers at all no. um And then you think of someone like Joss Whedon it's unfair to compare any writing to Joss Whedon (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the tack that he took when writing Buffy was Uh basically to come up with his own his own teen language um, because anything else would just date or sound rubbish. That remove? Yeah. um, Do you what, what do you think is the best approach when it comes to writing teenagers? Writing them as if they're just Adults like oxen free, or trying to well, truthfully. We have, four, we
0: have four examples. So there's an mm. attempt for authenticism. Authentic- what am I trying to say? Authenticism. Authenticity? Authenticity, which is life is strange. Mm. There's the speaking like adults would speak, which is oxen free. There's the vintage teenage language, because you remember what it was like, yeah. which is gone home. Mm. And there's just making shit up. Yeah. Which is Joss Whedon. And I don't mind saying I think Joss Whedon nailed it. Yeah, yeah. The writing in I mean I really liked the writing in Oxenfree, I liked it very much, but it I assumed they were college students. Yeah. Um and I again really liked the writing in Gone Home, thought it was excellent, but it it was and it wasn't a cheat to make it a retro setting. It wasn't because that was the story he wanted to tell valid it was when you try to compare other games to the things that it succeeded at. Mm, yeah. What about you as the writer of the family?
1: Um uh, yeah, I mean I th- well I think just Whedon did one of them so do what he did. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frankly, if in <indeed>. doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it it's a really hard thing because it is impossible for me to judge whether Life is Strange accurately captured to speak. Mm. Um, by all accounts, it didn't. But I'm not... I did not necessarily know.
0: you see that article by... It um, wasn't by, but they had interview few pieces, quotes from the dialogue writer of Life is Strange about the language he used. No, I didn't. Um, and he swears up and down that it's authentic. Mm. Um, he was based in Northern California. So he's, he's an American, but I, I believe don't not our French team. Yeah. Um, but so the, the head dialogue writer was from Northern California. And in researching this, said he spent a lot of time between Oregon and Seattle um, eavesdropping on young people. And he said things like, hella, were used. Mm. That was how they spoke. And he said it might have been a disadvantage that maybe the expressions were too colloquial, so it yeah. can't be exported. Which you know maybe then at that point you need a dialogue director to or an editor to go well maybe we should make this more universal if it's gonna if it's gonna bug people then yeah we don't need to be so authentic fine line um so i'd give him credit for that yeah yeah but that doesn't explain some of the dire
1: lines no, no, there it. are some terrible lines there regardless are some of terrible
0: that. lines
1: i did um i came across a rewatching some of it this morning on a, a YouTube playthrough and came across one of your favourites. My work here is done here, Max.
0: Why would you say that? <laughs> no one <laughs> would say
1: that. Um and yeah. then there was another there was another one that was just it's like it was a mistype. Um oh, god I'm not used to seeing you without a camera, Max It was um no, hang on. No, it wasn't that. It was something else. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it was, but it, it was a uh, weird. Didn't make sense. It was like a double negative that had the wrong meaning to it. it was, uh... Yeah, which is very, very strange. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So I, yeah, it's. I. I think. Yeah, me finding the exact representing the exact truth is not mm-hmm. always necessarily mm. the wisest option. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. <clears throat> Like in moderation it could have worked. Like if Chloe had very peculiar Chloe speak, then you could take it as just a character choice and you do pick stupid character choices for yourself when you're young because you're trying you're you're overly expressing yourself. So that would be believable. But I just I don't feel that across the board the dialogue writing was good enough to justify the peculiarities of it but plot writing other Mm. than other than the stuff i was talking about earlier how i i think it got the some of the weighting wrong um but as a a cracking good yarn Mm. the writing's wonderful
1: yeah um and and kind of the the characterization and um emotional truth of some of the scenes Mm. Um, yeah
0: most of the characters with the exception of the villains ironically the men, the male villains
1: um, the characters are really good there are still some interesting things with the villains like the photography teacher Mm -hmm. Uh, it only struck me today how odd it is that in his classroom he has framed posters of his own work Um, oh right that kind of maybe gives you slightly more of an insight into him uh, that's a nice
0: touch but because you're so grounded in Max's eyes, and she worships him, mm. that those little not not even foreshadowing, just mm. insights into maybe he's not such a good guy after all. Yeah. yeah, you don't even notice. Yeah.
1: Now for me, playing Life is Strange and Oxenfree and Gone Home, um, which are kind of all sort of coming of age kind of yeah things. Uh, for fine, and I love them, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and for male ones focused on male characters, I love them very much as well. I can't think of a good game example, because I don't know that games do come in of age quite so much as maybe they should, or yeah. they could. Um,
0: Not, maybe they do it in more fantastical settings, Fable and Bastion. Yeah. Right? And Bastion very well.
1: But do you think that... Um, there is something in Life is Strange that sp- speaks specifically to female growing up experience? Um, or, or not? Because I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, to each their own. Yeah. No. But I didn't finish high school in a school. I was homeschooled when I finished high school. Um, so that felt very different. I never went to boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have siblings. I very much kind of socially educated myself, which then took twenty years to <laughs> to pay off. I mean, you 20. know, yeah. sure. <laughs> well, now, now I think some of the choices I made were interesting, like deciding to learn more about cinema of the nineteen thirties and contemporary music. Now it's an interesting choice as an adult, but when you're thirteen and deciding that. Oh, yeah. my God, what a weirdo. <laughs> um, so, well, I don't know. I can't I can't relate to the specifics, and I don't know if that's because of my life or if that's because, into the games credit, it was largely universal enough that you don't have to relate to the specifics to feel hmm. empathy with it. Yeah. How about you?
1: Um, yeah, it's hard to know, because it is, I mean, most coming-of-age stories are very different to my life experience because
0: yeah, be. <laughs> a lot yeah. of them are set
1: in america for a start mm-hmm. um
0: yeah that is largely in american coming of age over here tends to be really grim mm. very bleak stories yeah it's weird
1: which my coming of age story uh isn't particularly bleak i Yay! have to say um but yeah so no i don't know I, um i've there No, I mean, I think one of the things that I liked most about it kind of comes back to that in a way, is with Chloe and how stereotypically rebellious teenager she is. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, and I went through being a goth uh, between 17 and 21 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, so I know all about that side of it. Mm. Um, I think what it does very well, because it's rare to see a character that is a spunky, punky, teen, mm-hmm. wrong side of the tracks, but you're meant to like a kind mm-hmm. of character that isn't massively irritating. Yeah. Uh, also speaking in teen slang. Um, <laughs> well, that is a little
0: irritating. <laughs> um,
1: But I think they manage... Not only do her very well, just as a character generally mm-hmm. um but I was reminded on a rewatch this morning that she's self aware about it as well mm-hmm. um there's there are a few moments, but one where. She wants Max to go poking around in the garage in her oh, stepdad's yeah. files mm-hmm. and she says she'll distract her mum. And the way that she distracts her mum is by throwing a rebellious teen straw <laughs> um, nice. and kind of questioning authority and that kind okay. of thing. Yeah. Um and so yeah, so you're you're instantly aware that she knows mm-hmm. what she's like and the vibe that she gives off. Mm-hmm. Um and so so yeah, I mean I I wouldn't say that resonated because I didn't ever do outwardly the rebellious team but I was always courteous not... to my mother
0: Oh, <laughs> but it's not patronising is it no. in the game it, no. um, it'd be very easy for it to go kind of down a scooby-doo route but it has, it has too much genuine love and empathy for these characters these types of characters mm. except the villains yes. who are very scooby-doo <laughs> yeah. oh they're so scooby-doo
1: do you think there's an issue in the game that it fits more in magical realism than oh. genre fantasy? The the kind of the difference being genre fantasy, your, kind of any magical stuff there tends to be rules around it, mm-hmm. whereas magical realism it's just kind of it just is and you have to accept it. Mm-hmm. And I think this fit, Life is Strange fits very much more firmly in magical realism. Yeah. Because where do the powers come from? Yeah. Why can she then suddenly go through photographs as well? Who knows? Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people um, online took exception to not sort of getting any resolution okay. on what the nature of the powers was, which mm-hmm. which I find... I mean, I tend to prefer genre fiction as opposed to uh, magical realism in, in books and things, I think. Um, but in... Life is strange. The idea of them trying to explain where the powers mm-hmm. came from seems faintly ridiculous. Because yeah. it's such a real world setting. Yeah. But how? How do you explain it in any why way? Why would you?
0: Why would you need to? Yeah. It's just the story they wanted to tell. And uh, yeah, if they'd attached a reason you know, divine intervention or alien experiments or something. Mm. That would have been a different story. Yeah. Then it would have been about the chosen one. I mm. wonder if not being made by an American team helped with that. Because the American um narrative zeitgeist is so much about the chosen one, mm. the one who will stand up and be more powerful than the rest. Um and that doesn't get used as often elsewhere yeah Goodness.
1: Yeah, for all equal that's bloody socialism right there.
0: oh yeah
1: <laughs> I mean communists. to some
0: extent she is the chosen one but yeah. not as overtly yeah and yeah the ambiguity is why her and also the ambiguity of the choice that she makes at the end doesn't doesn't explain or justify the power that she has mm. it yeah, it's not suddenly an answer and you go oh that's why she got the magic power because yeah. she was the only one who could such and such it's, no it's it's just odd
1: hmm um, what did you did you when you played it there are various times when you can kind of sit down and play the guitar for a bit oh, or yeah. hang on the bed listening to music with Chloe for a bit and other things did you do that or did you Press B to move on, kind of thing, if you can remember.
0: Um, I think I largely role played it. So the morning, it was some morning where she had a little bit of downtime, so it felt okay to practice guitar. The episode where you're lying in bed with Chloe, I think, is that. Episode 2, I wasn't in love with the game by that point and I kind or Chloe for that matter, and so it kind of felt okay for Max to be like, yeah, I've got better things to do with my day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't linger. Um, in episode 1, I didn't do any random poking about or hanging out. I just wanted to to something useful, which, again, I kind of feel like is in character.
1: Mm, I don't um, have to go through that bloody first scene again. Oh,
0: <laughs> God, I got the timing on that so bad. Yeah. Oh, it was so boring. The only time in the whole game where I was really conscious of not wanting the moment to end was the bit when you come back from seeing Chloe's car crash mm. itself. And you wake up and she's um, going over the the murder board, and there's that lovely Amanda Palmer song playing. Probably helped that it was Amanda Palmer. Yeah. On um, that, I just, I think I let the song play through about twice before uh-huh. both I and the character went, okay, right, let's, let's
1: get back to reality now. <laughs> you're going to run out of tissue soon if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I'm so annoyed I killed the plant. God damn it.
1: Hmm.
0: I was really careful with the plant, but I overwatered it. Mm. Wish they. How hard would it have been for them to change the soil color so you can tell if you're overwatering? It? <laughs> That's such a tall ask. How about you? Did you find yourself lingering? Yeah, I did. did. I think
1: ones? I, um, yeah, just kind of tried to feel when organically felt right to yeah. sort of move on from the scene. Um, but yeah, I think the just the inclusion of those elements and the fact that they work. That you don't just go, well, I want to get on with the game. Um Yeah. It's very uh, interesting.
0: In episode one, I really felt like I wanted to get on with the game. Mm. Like there's the God, i kind of embarrassed to say this. When you're going to your dorm for the first time in episode one, as the player for the first time, and you go past the girl that sounds like Nixon.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> not a crook, Max. <laughs> um and she gets hit on the head with a football oh yeah i just let her get hit on the head (laughs) i rewound once and thought oh i can't be bothered and let her get hit on the head
1: Mm. as a a kind of didn't know what i made of her um just uh, yeah just one of those characters that you see that you know is being bullied and that's bad and they shouldn't be bullied but you can also see all the things that they do yeah that bullies would so easily be able to latch on to.
0: Yeah, and the, the um, mean-spiritedness in me, maybe you relate to this as mm. well, goes, um, well, just stop being weird then! <laughs> I know, and it's
1: absolutely the wrong thing, because, know you know, is. they should be able to be however the hell they like and not be bullied. But, yeah, um, of
0: course, but yeah. it is kind of, you know, the, the slowest zebra in the pack type thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever kind of resolved her plot stuff particularly well. I don't well. know
0: what her plot stuff was. No. Well, the girl with the drone, who I never really
1: got the hang of. She always just seemed
0: mean and dull. Yeah. The yeah, one she fancied Warren.
1: Yeah, what? and yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that whole thing was a bit weird.
0: What do you think of Warren?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I liked him very much. Um, uh, yeah, it was really. I, I can't remember. It's an article I read ages ago. I didn't find again for this. Um, it made the point that in any other game you would be playing as warren, warren yeah yeah definitely. and and you wouldn't be knowing why the the cool Kiki girl that you're into that nobody else likes um isn't into you um or you know there's a way of playing the game where you are into warren but um mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah i mean obviously being a bit geeky, though no, not sciencey. To my defence. Screw you, science. <laughs> yeah, what did you ever do for I'm, the world? I'm geeky and no useful way to society. <laughs> um, uh, obviously found him fairly compelling. I, he's very. Um, it's surprising how physical he is. Um, because oh, he stands right. up for you mm-hmm. with Nathan. Not just once, but twice. twice. When, yeah, mm-hmm. when Nathan pulls a gun on you, he mm-hmm. kind of, uh, he's there as well, and headbutts him. Um, Geek cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I, I liked him. I, I don't think he's. I don't think they went to town on making him the most rounded character of the bunch, but mm. neither did I think he was a particular cartoon. Mm, I liked
0: him very yeah. much. Yeah. I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know that I'd ever romance him instead of Chloe. Because Chloe no. and Max just seem like such a good fit. They're just yeah. perfect together. Um, but I would have liked to have more interaction with
1: Warren. Mm, yeah. Do you think with um again sort of with this little triumvirate of Gone Home Oxen Free and Life is Strange, uh, gone home? is set in period so mm. you know there are vhs tapes and things like that knocking around mm. um life is strange max has a polaroid camera which mm. these days is a vintage item oh i see um uh-huh. and oxen 3 there's the the dial radio old school
0: radio yeah. um
1: and there are other things in life is strange as well but sort of yep, i think there's vinyl gets fetishized a bit and old films and things like that mm. um So you're obviously the right person to speak to, having got into 30s films when everyone else was getting into pop music. Um, Do you think this sort of fetishisation of uh, past objects says anything about these characters? Is it more about the writers reminiscing about stuff? Is it just because that stuff is a bit popular at the moment? Um, Yeah, what, what does it tell us?
0: Damn dirty hipsters. <laughs> um, well, um, the characters being fictional can't decide what they like. So why have the writers decided the characters like these things?
1: Do you think there's an element that it's make the characters young and then young people will be interested in it, give the character a vintage object and then older players will also be into it?
0: No, I don't think it's that. flat, I'm inclined to say it's because they need to make these young characters interesting to an older generation, and a quick way to do that is to make young people respectful and interested of something that is no longer of immediate value. But on a deeper subtextual level, I want to know why.
1: Well, we'll ponder that one for Mm -hmm. uh, for next time. Hmm. Is is there also an element that it's it's a shortcut to... Again, this isn't the subtext side of it, but it's a shortcut for a character uh, to show a player that a character is... Deeper, if you like, than yeah. their peers.
0: Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of what I meant. Okay, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that certainly has merit, but I don't think that's the be all and end all. Mm. Mm.
1: The uh, making Max a photographer um, I thought was an interesting Wait a choice. Second. Oh.
0: Sorry, what's the main character's name in Gone Home? Well, there's two. I guess there's the one that you that you play as, yeah. and there's the sister. One of them's Sam, isn't she?
1: Yeah, I think the sister
0: Sam, maybe so it's Sam and Max
1: oh, yeah. and Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: mm, carry on. Um, the um just the premise of making Max a photographer, I thought also worked very well. With again similar to her time powers working well with her personality making her a photographer works very well with her personality because you that photographers to me not being a photographer seem to fall into two distinct types i'm sure there are as many types of photographers as there are photographers but the the obvious two types that i think of are the ones who effectively put themselves in every picture, um, who who have an overt style. Okay, like. Make
0: a of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um
1: and the uh the ones who um document uh and try and mm-hmm. observe something without changing it. Mm-hmm. Um which yeah. Max very much fits into the mold of, mm-hmm. I think, with um all the the nature pictures that she takes throughout and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just re-spooling through some of the things that we've been talking about, that I think she she sets herself up to be and sort of comes to a degree being a passive observer.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh,
1: do you think, bearing that in mind, the Bringing up these big ideas um, in the background almost um, mm. fits in with that idea of um, kind of observing a phenomenon from the outside,
0: mm. mm-hmm.
1: and that that not necessarily justifies it Just any more for you, but mm. gives slightly more of a hook to it.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point that the the game's attitude towards criminality mirrors a kind of journalistic removal from the situation.
1: Um, Um, And that doesn't necessarily solve the issue. No, but
0: I guess the, the next thing to extrapolate from that is as we think of some of the great photographs of injustices being perpetrated and in that instance the journalist would have had a choice to capture it and immortalize it or interfere and potentially save someone but lose the
1: facts
0: Hmm. um So I'm just wandering thinking of trying to think of photographers who've managed to take a picture and then still get involved. And I'm trying the the guy that took the photo of the little girl that survived the bombing it wasn't Hiroshima, was it? It was Hiroshima. Um in in Japan. The little girl running down the street with her skin burning.
1: Oh no, that's uh, that's Vietnam.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Is that yes, of course, because she's yes, of course. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um Yeah, no, I just think she tells the story of remembering running past the photographer and um, getting to... I think it was an American GI, actually, who captured her, and um, because he apparently could still hear her skin burning, so he immediately poured water over her, which exacerbated the burns, and that's when she passed out and came to in hospital. Anyway, so yeah, just reminded me of that. Um...
1: We were talking about suicide and murder. <laughs> Why did you bring that into it?
0: <laughs> well, Exactamundo, because I've never... I'm I've, I've only thinking about it recently, but I'm not convinced that the game captures the awfulness of these situations as meaningfully and as powerfully as some journalistic photographers have. And that's where I feel it kind of dips into sensationalism instead of, um, I don't know, representation. Mm, okay, cool. That's a super interesting question there. Is that what your blog's about? Yes.
1: No, no, that was... Uh, no, the blog was more about... It um, uh, sort of mentions photography a bit. Mm-hmm. But no, that um, about the, the central core of the game, uh, the time power being more a part of mm, like yeah, that kind of is what makes the game work so well um, and then everything else around it is awesome too Um yeah I mean I don't really have any other questions there are so many things that I like about the game but I don't just want to do a big long list of things that I like what is that um, thing? well I mean I talked on the romance podcast that we did mm-hmm. uh, which if you've not listened to head back and listen to um, but talked about um, Life is Strange as being I think, for my money, probably the best example of romance, and obviously it's going to depend on really? playthroughs and things. But
0: Colin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, this and um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, um, because oh. of the, because I wasn't expecting it in either of them. Uh-huh. Um,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So, so it did feel like I, as the player, became aware of Max's crush on. Chloe at the same time that Max became aware right. of us, that it wasn't just, oh, she's my yes. friend. Yeah, I, did,
0: I did as well. Yeah, there are mm. moments, I think for me, it's when you're in Chloe's house and she says something about, kiss me, why don't you? And you have the quick option to call her bluff and kiss her, which mm. I decided to do. Not out of romance at that point, but because I was sort of irritated by Chloe, as I was supposed to be. Yeah. I thought, okay, well this will shut you up. And then as, you know, all <laughs> good romance scenes ever went, that was
1: interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Mm. Um looking back at um Chloe's room uh on the uh the replay thing that I was watching um all the posters in her room seemed to be of women yeah. um which is interesting I didn't pay up on that at all oh, right. first time around.
0: I think as a woman I did. Mm. I was looking for the iconography. Yeah. But I didn't I wouldn't have got the symbolism. Well, mm. it's not fair to say just because she's a lesbian, therefore she must have pictures of women. But I, I didn't realise that she was gay. No. And um, so didn't read anything into the pictures other than, finally, they're not just a bunch of rock men.
1: Yeah. Um, the was... Well, uh, I did have another question for you. Oh, yeah. So I... I ended in the ended the game with Chloe sacrificing herself and town being saved and Max growing as a person and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And to me, that felt like the right culmination of my playthrough. That was the mm-hmm. only choice. I couldn't okay. even conceive of making the other choice. Okay. Uh, Ross, I know you made the other choice. Yeah. And then we were listening to... Uh, the First Person Scholar podcast oh, yeah. about Life is Strange. And almost all of them made the same choice you did. To sacrifice the town. Yeah. yeah. Um, why Why did you do it, man? Um, I don't know. Why, why do you think that has proved to be a popular option when it's kind of... It seems...
0: I think it relates to what I was saying earlier. If, sorry if I'm jumping in. No. Um, because... The story they really wanted to tell is about Max and Chloe. And unfortunately, a lot of what else is in the game is there to colour the characters and the world of Max and Chloe. But they're not as important. So then, to sacrifice Chloe for all the stuff that you've been perpetually hearing about how it's just shame it went that way but ultimately you have to go be with Chloe now it seemed silly I don't think mm. I deliberated very long in the moment mm. either. it just felt like the right thing to do yeah. and then driving through the town at the end you drive past all the wreckage mm. um, with Chloe and you're off to make a new start and sort of drive into the horizon and I've heard people say that oh it's clearly the wrong it's the ending the game doesn't want you to get because of such and such but now, I, I don't feel like it's the wrong ending. I, I really feel like it's yet yeah, another symptom of the story the game is actually about. <sighs> uh, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's it's very interesting because the strongest part of the game is Max and Chloe's relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can completely see in a slightly different playthrough... Um, that the culmination of that relationship being the relationship, uh, as opposed to ending the relationship by yeah. sacrificing Chloe, would feel like the, yeah. the sort of the, the point of it all.
0: Because I personally liked Warren so much, I inadvertently led him on a bit in the game without fully realizing that that's what the game would translate it to. Mm. Um, and a consequence of doing that is it's dimied my relationship with chloe so even though we were i can't quite remember how the game puts it to you but we were in a relationship by the end of it we hadn't achieved a lot of the visual milestones of that relationship Mm. i'm not sure quite what they are but hearing people talk about it there's definitely other stuff that happens between max and chloe that i didn't have so it also felt like the end of the game was just the beginning of their relationship, mm. rather than they'd had their time together and now right, they needed yeah. to go be adults in this way. Yeah. So that was part of my rationale. Mm. Did mm. you get a more developed relationship with Chloe?
1: Um, I think I did. I don't remember all the ins and outs. Um. But um. But yeah, I did. Um. Y- yeah, it was unambiguously clear but... Mm-hmm. We were in a relationship. Um, but yeah, I can't specifically remember exactly what had happened. Mm. Yeah, well, I like it a lot so that...
0: Oh, good. I like it <laughs> a lot too. I like it a lot too. I just worry that it dips into some video game tropes about systems of abuse being there to show you the world that people live in as opposed to being the thing that needs to be resolved. Um, but beyond that, I do have a lot of respect and admiration for the game. Even its silly clunky bits of writing, I absolutely think become quirks and charms. And the first time I heard my work here is done here, I wanted to punch this computer in the face. (laughs) And then by the end of the game, when I heard we have all the time in the world for now, I thought that's such a great life of (laughs) strangism. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, hopefully you love Life is Strange as much as we do. Um, And if you agree with one of us more than the other of us, or have a different take on how Life is is Strange deals with some of the big topics it deals with, uh, or doesn't manage to Mm. deal with, depending on your point of view, uh, let us know. You can reach us uh, on Twitter on at the Tree or email us at theconversationtree at com and find us at theconversationtreepodcast.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, please head over to iTunes and give our podcast a rating as well. That'd be
0: nice. That's your friends. find it. Yeah. Can I just um, finish with a quote? You can indeed. That's a nice quote. I Go promise. on. Okay. This is another one from the Go Make Me a Sandwich blog, which I highly recommend. Um, Apart from its own merits as an artistic work, playing Life is Strange made me feel like there was actually a part of the gaming industry that was listening, that gave a shit about me as a human being.
1: Aww. Isn't that nice? That is. That's that's good. Well done. Bye, Bye. everyone. Our work here is done here. (laughs) Video (laughs) games (laughs) cause the apocalypse.